This is a Ward Scott Files advisory. The Ward Scott Files podcast may contain material not suited for people who are easily offended. Trust us on this. This show contains adult information and opinions. Please protect small children, sensitive pets, fragile houseplants, and liberal relatives. Thank you. Warthog. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me! Help! Help! Good morning, good morning. Professor Ward Scott here in the Manly Warthog Man Cave. And uh, we are busy as can be, as you might imagine, bringing you all the latest uh, scuttlebutt we can bring you here. Uh, in uh, the Melbourne Law Studio, 50 years of experience, the only official law firm partner of the Fighting Florida Gators who won this last weekend and protected 24-7, 365 by crime prevention. You worry less with crime prevention security systems. You get a hold of them. You can contact them at cpss.net. And uh, we, uh, of course, are very mindful that today is Election Day and that we are all going to vote. And hopefully we're going to get the outcomes you all want. I'm going to remind you that for the first time in over 30 years, we have the opportunity to have real representation in Alachua County. Single member districts allows you to vote for the representative of your choice for your district instead of your representative being voted on by the county at large. Single member districts amplifies your voice, increases accountability and reclaims true representation. Make your voice heard this election day by voting yes on single member districts. I'll probably let you hear that a couple more times here before it's all over. That is a very important uh, choice to make here in our location. Uh, we have scheduled a day to conversation with Ambassador Francis Rooney. We're waiting for him to check in. We hope that goes okay. If not, we'll be contacting him to uh, try to determine what kind of help he needs to check in. Meanwhile, take a look at our uh, sponsors, Shoot GTR, Guns, Training, and Ranges. Uh, excellent place, Style Cuts, of course, uh, is my official um, barber. There he is. Hello, Master Rooney. Can't hear you yet, sir. We're working on hearing him. I can see him. And uh, crime prevention systems, which I've just said, and uh, we will be connecting up in just a moment. So uh, I still can't hear you. Hello? No, it's right on mute now. Okay. Are you in a vehicle? I come through now. Are you in a car? I just can't hear him. You can't hear me? Well, you, you were traveling in an automobile. I don't know. It looks like you're on a phone. Okay, we're going to try to connect up with him on his end. We've yeah, got you. but I can't hear him. I can see him. I'm not sure who, who him is. I guess it's me. So um, um, I'm assuming he's some sort of traveling. Okay. okay, we're trying to get production to be connected. I am going to, I don't like dead air, so you know I'm going to continue talking. Today is a real important day to get out and express yourself. People ask me constantly, uh, how to vote, what to vote. I'm telling you what you need to do on single-member districts. And it looks as if... Uh, yeah, I can't hear him. I can see him. 
So uh, anyway, his production talking with him, maybe. Um, um, anyway, I've got to keep. Can I do what? I've got to keep progressing here. This is the, okay. the nature of the world here. Um, I talked a little bit yesterday about tenure review being tied to race instruction law. I wanted to bring that up to a little more. I've got a little spot here. I got to fill. Um, one of the laws that is being uh, proposed, of course, is to bring back into some sort of balanced conversations in the classroom. It's unfortunate that we have to do it this way. It's um, uh, you would think that the professionals in the in the in the in the business themselves would hold balanced conversations, would invite people of opposing points of view, okay. and that students would not. Uh, um, okay. You know, well, I'm going to be quiet for a minute here. Yeah, it's the same as system. Same, select a microphone. Same as system. Select a speaker. Yeah, I hear him. Same he can't system. hear me. Can you hear him? <laughs> I'm hearing two conversations. I'm hearing mine. Yeah, Michael Lucas is hearing us both. Um, I can barely hear you with all that talk in the back. Jason, you're going to have to hang up on him because we're getting two conversations. You have to hang up on him. It's too confusing, Jason. Yeah. Go ahead, totally log off and try again. Okay, thanks. Okay. Jason. Jason, don't bring him back in or because we're having two conversations. Do not bring him back in, please, until he's connected properly because I can't have two conversations in dead air right now. You know me. My standard's about dead air. If that system's not working, though, there, we'll, we'll move on. And um, it's uh, unfortunate that, um, you know, this is not connected properly. But I apologize to my listeners, my viewers. I do not control production. I do not control the people who are tapping into production. And I'm... Um, on a Zoom network, so there's a lot of different moving pieces here, and yours truly is the talking person, so yours truly has to keep talking, and of that, I suppose I'll do. Um, I'm looking at my uh, chat line, too. Uh, good to see lines at the polling places today. You should not hear both of us um, until and if our, our gentleman calls in and gets on. Uh, we'll keep me uh, posted. Let me just pull out a couple items here that are relevant. Uh, to the conversation today. The polling uh, um, now is uh, uh, one thing I want to announce for you is that there was some a uh, uh, little bit of dirty pool here that went on uh, recently, and that was through Ken Cornell's group. Now, let me just pull this up for you so that you will, uh, you'll understand what I'm talking about here. I've got to uh, juggle a couple of things here with you while I'm covering all this. So, um, this was interesting, and I got this this morning, that there is misinformation being spread by a PAC that is uh, Ken Cornell's PAC, and it's uh, trying to say um, that, um, let me just see if I can pull it up here. Uh, maybe it might be over in the messages, hold on. At any rate, uh, there was some misinformation spread around 
um, that uh, once again, a desperate kind of move here to end my um, the anti single member districts people uh, to spread misinformation about uh, uh, what single member districts is all about. But basically, the easiest way to understand it, if you're still confused, is if you want an indefinite period of time into the future to uh, have Ken Cornell as your uh, commissioner along with his kind, then uh, you would vote. Uh, if you don't want that, you would vote for single member districts. That's one of the easiest way, ways of all to understand what we're talking about here. Now, let's harken back since I got a little time here to talk with you about um, what's ever happened to Andrew Gillum since we are at the place now where uh, we've got DeSantis in and I'm pretty sure DeSantis is going to win quite comfortably. One of the things which the Wall Street Journal has an article about today, which I agree with, is a a blunder by, by Trump, of all things, a blunder by Trump. And that is, um, why would he go after DeSantis and call him DeSanctimonious has really backfired. And people like me don't like that. We don't like Trump going after our favorite best governor of all times from our point of view. And we don't need that type of internal fighting. Uh, we had it with low energy Jeb and all that kind of business. But this is a different person that Trump is tying into. And the odd thing about it is DeSantis hasn't even announced that he wants to run for president. You know, Chris has made him running for president. Trump has made him running for president. DeSantis is running for governor. No, he's, I've not heard him. Maybe you've heard him somewhere say it, but I've not heard him say it, that he is running for uh, president. It's, it's, it's the fear of Trump, of all people, of a guy who he ought to be supporting, which I guess he finally did come out and support uh, for governor. You know, this governor we've got is fighting on all the right side of the issues from those who view him as heroic and, and as antithetical to the woke world that has permeated the media, has permeated the FBI, has permeated the Department of Justice has been running Congress, has been uh, keeping the borders open, has, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And, and, and this man, DeSantis, is fearless in his challenge of these people. He, uh, he, he's not going to um, uh, back down, and he's, he's going to say it like it is and act accordingly. Now, this is really significant. So for a person, now, you know, Trump is difficult enough for people to, rally around now because they, while they like what he stood for, his personality has always been one that they haven't really felt comfortable with in many cases. So they're really hesitant already about striking up all this acrimonious stuff. And I got to tell you that the Democrats have done a pretty good job of making that negativity hang around Trump's neck. They begin, remember, they began it when he came down the escalator, elevator, whatever. He didn't, you know, it, it began way back then. And uh, as Ray Stern says, Trump needs to back off. This is, this is not the time for that kind of stuff to start. And uh, so they have been negatively working the Democrats on Trump all this time, and they have continued to do it. They've to, gone through a couple of impeachments, now the January 6th thing. It was pointed out to me the other day, all people who took any sort of form of oath in the military, and that's, you know, millions of people are oath keepers. Now, think about that. 
those, if you've been a Marine, if you've been in the service, if you've been any form of, you're an oath keeper. You take an oath to the Constitution and the country. Well, so everybody, lots of people are oath keepers. And as, a, as a, a very, very polished professional in this community said to me the other day, I've just now learned that I'm a white supremacist racist, that I'm a deplorable, that I'm no good. This is a guy who is absolutely a pillar of the community who has never done anybody any wrong. He's in the medical uh, profession and he's done nothing but take care of people. And all of a sudden, because, of course, he is a party to the party, then he is therefore defined by the Democrats as this type of ogre. And that has been done, but Trump doesn't need to wade in and do it against his own kind. That is not where we need to be going. So it's, uh, it's unfortunate that that's the situation, but um, maybe he can walk it back a little bit. But as far as Andrew Gillum, don't forget what a narrow clip we came to having him as a governor. Now, right now, He's back in hot water again. Um, they are still uh, working on federal prosecutors are after uh, this contribution from several organizations and donors. Uh, you know, this has all been the modus operandi. They talk about dark money. Andrew Gillum was a quintessential example of dark money. And for Ken Cornell, a dark to accuse the Republicans of dark money, all the Republicans have done is up front raise money to fight, unfortunately, what they shouldn't have had to do uh, through the only channel they had left on the single member districts. This is really dark money with Gillum, where he is uh, selling political favors. And uh, that's basically what it is. Uh, it's absolutely uh, um, called uh, capital currency. Uh, Gellum and Letman Hicks were arrested as part of the FBI's Operation Capital Currency. That's a good name, which was an undercover operation that began in 2015 with the arrival of agents posing as a wealthy out-of-town developer. And this probe led to convictions on federal bribery charges uh, against a former city commissioner and mayor there in Tallahassee, his aide, Paige Carter-Smith. A businessman, John J.T. Burnett, um, Gillum met with, um, let's go back down where we were and, you know, where we could have been had DeSantis not won. Gillum met with undercover agents in 2016 in New York for outings that included a performance of Hamilton, a boat ride to the Statue of Liberty. Um, all of this was a, a sting by the, by the FBI. Uh, this has all been covered by the Tallahassee Democrat. Now, uh, this is uh, uh, this is what we really call dark money. That is really and truly dark money in that it is money that is being used to sell the influence of the office. Now, you know, we need to get some of these terms correct uh, where we are now because uh, this is this is uh, uh, this is something that's being misused and misrepresented by and Ken Cornell's the head of this pack that is sending around misinformation about um, the, the what single member districts is all about. Let's take a look. Fox News is how many Senate seats we got up for grabs. 
Uh, there are 100 lawmakers serving six-year terms in, in the Senate. And every election, about one-third of the Senate seats come up for grabs. Now, the, as you know, the Democrats, and here we are today, big day, currently hold a razor-thin majority in that Senate chamber with 50 seats in their party's control. And plus, as we know, Kamala Harris uh, can break that with a 51 thing. So she's the tiebreaker. So in this year's midterm elections, let's go over this now, Republicans are defending 21 seats while Democrats are defending just 14 seats. Though three of the four closest Senate races uh, this cycle have a Democrat incumbent. So here's what Fox power ratings say we need to keep an eye on. The Senate is a toss up. This is probably the most suspenseful aside from single member districts here locally today, probably is the most uh, uh, suspenseful race going on. And that is for the Senate. Um, The Fox News power rankings show 47 seats going to the Democrats and 49 to the Republicans. So that leaves four crucial toss up races. And I think, you know, by now what they are. If not, we'll go over them. Arizona, Georgia, Nevada, and Pennsylvania. You know, this is going to have a big impact on, (coughs) excuse me, the future of this country. Arizona, Georgia, and Nevada are all being defended by incumbent Democrats. And Pennsylvania is an open seat uh, due to the retirement of that uh, Republican senator there, Pat Toomey, last year. So um, the power rankings um, have been taking a close look at those four states. And if you want to watch the returns tonight, hey, there's every bit of possibility that this is going to be another close one. Uh, Could be, of course, controversial. But i got to say that uh, we have gotten a little better handle, perhaps. We don't have Zuckerbuck sneaking up on us under the guise and cover of covid like we did in that other election that was so close. Zuckerbuck's and the absentee ballots. They, the absentee ballots are the real problem um, and remain the real problem. Uh, if you have the mind I am, that everybody should vote on election day and that um, everything should be uh, uh, at least drawn, uh, drawn out as little as possible because the more you draw it out, more difficulty you have. For one thing, if you draw it out too long, people vote and all the issues haven't been fully defined yet and things can change. So this absentee ballot thing can be a problem. It really should only be used for overseas military. Other than that, it's been a push and a pull by the lefties to get it to count and to be extended as far as possible. And you can figure out why it's because of, it's at least accountable. It's the most difficult to really track. And when Zuckerberg piled in and gave here locally $700,000 or so to Kim Barton, who just, uh, as I reported yesterday, mysteriously, weirdly, uh, closed down all the early voting precincts in the county, except for one, and that was downtown. That really was weird. Why, why, why would you do that? Because it favors what? The downtown. And in particular, in single member districts, 
when all the power is held downtown in this community, you close down all the precincts and you can't, um, you can't go to the, any of the others in the rural areas and people would have to drive all the way from uh, the northern part of the county, for example, all the way downtown. They're not going to do that. So obviously souls to the polls took advantage of this and went out and, uh, and uh, made up for being behind in early voting. Kim Barton should not allow that to happen. We're going to look into why that happened and what's up with that. So um, I can't give you a good answer for it yet, but we're looking for it. Um, so the, um, the, 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 this is what we got to take a look at today. So Arizona, uh, Pennsylvania, Georgia, Georgia, you know, Georgia is, uh, Stacey Abrams still is in voter denial and is guilty of the very thing she accuses Trump of. So, um, you know, they've used all sorts of claims, you know, women and, Abortion. See, the moment they use the word abortion, that's an inflammatory word. They're hoping that by using that, they can uh, block out people's rational brain and start manipulating their emotions to vote. And, you know, it's, it's if people vote on their emotions, and I know many people who do, uh, and they're smart people, but they're very superficial people. I can give you the name of just a couple that are mature men that are really, you would think, but they remain immature, remain childish because they want to be nice to everybody and think the world is governed by that. When meanwhile, the world is working the way it works when people are hungry and uh, 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 fighting for power. So, um how about the video I'm getting here is live again. I'm, y'all tell me what I'm doing here. I see a live and then I see a frozen. So what's going on there, Jason? We live? Jason? Okay, I'm just getting a motion here. Something was, uh, was a frozen. I don't know what happened there. Okay. Yeah, we're operating off of the internet, so we'll be fine here in a moment. Everything's looking fine. Thank you for looking at me here, talking to me on the um, uh, on the on the deal here. So, election day today, uh, we're going over the four big big Senate races. Pennsylvania, um, it has the political analysts there scratching their heads. Um, they don't know this Fetterman uh, character and Oz. Um, I, Fetterman just you know. He's had a stroke. He's he's not as bad as Biden in terms of knowing where he is. But, you know, you wonder how a guy like that can be trusted with power. Uh, Anyway, the celebrity appearance of Oz, he's had Oprah Winfrey turn on him, even though she was a big fan of his, had him on her show. And all of a sudden she, well, there it is. You understand it, I'm sure turns on Oz and supports Fetterman. So even though Fetterman's health has been in question since he had a stroke in May, he had a disastrous debate performance in late October. He failed to, um, uh, you know, abate any of those concerns about him. But despite his obvious health problems, um, you know, this is one of the strange things, if you will, about democracy. 
it is what it is, and it's the system we're with, and we have to make the best of it. Uh, in terms of candidates, one of the really interesting things about the behavior of the Supreme Court that I want to give you, a, 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 a take you down memory lane for a moment. Do, do you remember uh, the, when Sen Senator Elizabeth Warren uh, claimed that she had Native American ancestry um, and therefore she actually used it, as I remember, uh, she, she used it to, to gain entry into a, a college, a, a university, maybe even become uh, preferred as a professor. I don't recall, but I know she played the card that she had Native American ancestry. Well, this is kind of interesting. It comes from the Insider publication by Rebecca Cohen. Um, there were oral arguments here recently in the uh, Supreme Court to determine whether colleges can continue to take race into consideration in the admissions process. And I predict that the Supreme Court is going to stop that. You know, that is really uh, um, having the opposite of the intended. The, int the consequences are not what were intended. What it's doing is it's um, um, labeling people as inadequate and making professionals be questioned later on uh, in their profession if it is thought that they got into their profession through some sort of uh, uh, affirmative action where the, the, the race issue was entered into the academic qualifications. So now it's come before the Supreme Court again. And uh, Alito asked North Carolina Solicitor General Ryan Park, who is defending affirmative action policies at the University of North Carolina. Now, he asked, what is preventing, uh, what is preventing students from claiming heritage they don't have? Uh, and and, and uh, it's, uh, Alito says it's family lore that we have an ancestor who was an American Indian. Um, what he's alluding to is, um, and everybody pretty much knows it, he was alluding to uh, Senator Elizabeth Warren playing not the race card, but the Native American card, which I assume is similar to the race card, certainly in the uh, college applications. So uh, Leto says that somebody like Warren, he didn't use her name, identifies as an American Indian because she's been told that some ancestor back in the old days was an American Indian. And so Alito is asking the college admissions people, is that all you're going by? Can an applicant simply put down, check the box that you have Native American ancestry simply because? Don't you have, do you have it? You see, with, this is, with race, typically, if you're actually looking at, and this is becoming less and less uh, uh, clear, and it should be, uh, by looking at somebody, you can tell somebody's race. That's going to, that's, that's changing um, for the better. How do you look at somebody and tell Native American ancestry? You, you can't really. So Warren used this, arguably. She put it down. She later admitted it. Only on the basis of somebody telling her she had that connection. Um, and the college representatives had to admit 
that they didn't have any way of knowing whether that student was telling the truth. Now, you remember, Warren identified herself as an American Indian on a Texas registration card for the State Bar of Texas and in documents while working at Harvard. And the Washington Post, of all newspaper outlets, uh, uh, of all newspaper outlets, printed this. And they're pretty liberal. And so they were on to what's going on here with uh, Warren for, for quite some time. To the extent that Warren made a public apology in 2019 during her run for president, after she actually took a DNA test to prove indigenous ancestry. So this is, this is a challenge to affirmative action. Now, you remember the woke... There's another reason you need to vote. If they could, they would either pack the court. They don't like the way the court is composed. They don't like the fact that it's not giving them the results they want. And so um, they are talking about changing the court. That's a lot. It's another thing that's on the ballot today, although it's not directly on the ballot. So uh, in oral arguments, um, Alito wanted to know what the justification was for lumping together students. And uh, would, you, would you lump them together if they came from Afghanistan? Would you lump them together if they came from China? And um, why do you have them check a box on this? What, what, what do you learn uh, from these applicants merely checking a box? You know, this, this is really good stuff. The argument that's going on right now about the war of, over affirmative action and race used for emissions is pretty darn interesting. It's going to be uh, very, very significant. And I think what's going to happen is Supreme Court is going to finally say affirmative action served its purpose. Uh, we don't see where it is anything but a discriminatory tool right now to exclude all those who are not of a particular race. So the whole definition is up in the air. We're going to take a break right here on the Ward Scott Files. I'm going to talk to the production while we're on a break, see if there's any way to recapture our uh, uh, guest for today. So we'll be right back in a moment. Although the owner of Lewis Oil Company maintains she is 29, Lewis Oil turns 60 years old in June. Chevron would like to recognize the North Florida second-generation family-owned business, celebrating its growth and staying power. Lewis Oil Company maintains significant on-hand supplies, strategically located fuel depots, a delivery fleet, on-site service, fuel card locks, and convenience stores. Lewis Oil Company understands its responsibility in the local economy by providing service and delivery on demand and in crisis. As a first responder for 18 Florida counties and the southeast from Texas to Virginia, we are proud of this rare accomplishment. Lewis Oil delivers. This is Ward Scott, and I want to thank all our sponsors who keep the show going and pay the bills. The Ward Scott Files premium sponsors are Crime Prevention Security Systems, large enough to serve you, small enough to care. Melvin Law, the only official injury partner of the Florida Gators. The Ward Scott Files Gold sponsors are Lewis Oil Company, Shoot GTR, On the Spot Dry Cleaners, RR Construction, and Style Cuts. 
If you are interested in promoting your business on the show, you can visit our website, www.wardscottfiles.com, and click on the Advertise Here banner on the right side of the page or call my friend Freddie at 352-284-3733. Again, thank you to all the great businesses that support the Wardscott Files. And remember, if you like the show, thank our sponsors and support the businesses that support us. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. May God have mercy on your soul. Or that very much surprises me that you've never been tased. You can't handle the truth! All bees poop. A warthog. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me! Help! Help! Now for the weather brought to you by Lewis Oil. All right, all right. We're back now on the Word Scott Files with Professor Word Scott here in the Manly Word All Command Center in Melbourne Law Studio. With the weather report, thank you, coming from our good sponsor, Lewis Oil. Well, you know the story. You know what's going to happen. We're going to get hit again. And we've been saying all along here in our weather reports that uh, we're not out of the, uh, we're not in the clear here in the state of Florida in the hurricane world, really even into the month of November. And the nature is about to show us that and remind us of it. Uh, we've got this squirrely storm, Nicole, that's going to come across possibly around Fort Pierce. It's certainly going to raise the water, and it's going to come in probably at the tide and the full moon, and that's going to be a challenge in that area. Uh, then it appears as if it's going to come across the state and go out into the Gulf and maybe do a U-turn and come right back across our uh, neck of the woods here in northern Florida and on up into Georgia. So get ready for a rain event. Uh, looking at it from our position here, our post in north-central Florida, we should be getting the effects of this late Wednesday night. And all through the day of Thursday, it looks as if the entire state of Florida is colored green right now with the weatherman predictions. But right now, uh, we're running a rather mild day, and uh, we are uh, waiting for this is sort of the law before the storm, the proverbial law before the storm. So I would um, say that you're probably not going to have the tremendous wind event, although there'll be, there'll be some wind, uh, but there will be a lot of rain. And I would say prepare yourself as you need to, whatever, whatever you need to, because power could go off um, and we could be without power. Of course, we're backed up here at the command center 24 seven by generators. So I highly recommend that you do so yourself, back up with the generator if you get an opportunity. We have now got Ambassador Francis Rooney on the air. I'm gonna make him a rock star. Uh, he's in an airplane going home and he says he did this in an airplane with CNN so now he's going to do it with the Ward Scott files. Um, I don't know. He's peering up close to the camera, but he's in some sort of plane. <laughs> Hello, Ambassador. Can you hear us? I can hear you, Ward. How are you doing? Well, fine, sir. And we've been anticipating this discussion on Ukraine. Uh, I think we may have had a discussion about this a while back. Uh, so I'm going to let you take the stage and... Uh, give us uh, what you've got to say about that, and we'll interrupt you if we need to with some questions. 
Well, I think it was interesting what was in the paper here uh, today and yesterday about the head of the Wagner uh, uh, group that is uh, is Putin's henchman uh, coming public about his role in it and uh, public about the disinformation campaign that they're deploying in the United States. I mean, we have a very serious adversary on our hands here. Well, you and I talked about Putin's plan, and it's been out for quite a while. His, uh, this is not some knee-jerk reaction he's had. He's had quite a plan for a while. What is really bothering the Russians? I, I, you know, the Russians are so, the, the, the atrocities that they do to human beings, what in the work, what's missing in their character? Well, first of all, there's a historic ethic among the Slavs that goes back to the uh, maybe fifth, fourth, sixth, fifth or sixth century. And they have a paranoia about the West. They have a paranoia about securing their borders. And then you overlay that with the fact that uh, the Russians kind of feel like that Kiev was their place of origination and where they started from. And they feel a special claim to it. If you add all that together, it creates a bit of a menace for our effort to enable the newly freed democracies uh, from the Iron Curtain to flourish. Well, you say in your article, which you published in The Hill, uh, that we're at a critical turning point here. How so? It seems as if we've been just uh, drifting along with um, just pouring money at the problem, um, hoping it goes away. Well, I don't know what's, yeah, I, I, at least there was some talk about Biden speaking to Putin or Jake Sullivan going over there and sitting down with the Russian foreign minister. It's unlike every other conflict. There's just been no effort to figure this thing out. Everybody's just going down the road. And, and I would personally like to see Europe and Fran- uh, the, the larger companies in Western Europe drawn into negotiations with us. Well, what's keeping, by the way, Turkey, as I understand it, will not yet allow Finland uh and the other country after six months into the NATO. Is that so? I didn't get that one. Turkey is blocking Finland from entering NATO, right? Right. Turkey's proved out to be a less than reliable NATO partner in this situation here. Can you expand on that? What's going on there? Well, I think Erdogan uh, has some anti-U.S. sympathies or tendencies, and he's tried to carve an independent path. He's snugged up a little bit to Russia, snugged up a little bit to China, even though they're at odds in Libya and they were at odds in Syria. Uh, he seems to be playing one end against the other. You know, he bought that uh, uh, missile defense shield from Russia instead of us here a few years ago. How far back does this um, al- how did they get into NATO in the first place? Does this go back to us, to Carter? Who put them in there? Yeah, it was a while back. You know, that was during our let's get everybody in and have a big tent. And if, if we're nice to them, they're going to act like us, which has proved up not to be the case. Well, they are dangerous now because they're keeping us from forming a real strong alliance among European countries on that continent. And... I guess they can continue to stonewall it, right? Yeah, I mean, they've proved up to be a a non-constructive NATO partner, and it's created division with NATO vis-a-vis the Western Europe. Well, what is keeping Biden from all in? I know we harken back and compare to 
Cuban Missile Crisis. I lived through the Cuban Missile Crisis. I know what kind of profound effect that had on the Monroe Doctrine. Um, what have we got going on here? We've got NATO, which is, I guess, comparable in some ways to the Monroe Doctrine. Yeah. You can figure out, you, if you figure out what's going on with Biden, I'd like to hear it. I mean, th this guy uh, seems to make a wrong move at every step. Even as late as yesterday, forgetting the name of the person on whose behalf he was speaking in Maryland. So I don't think these world leaders take him seriously. I mean, MBS wouldn't even take his phone call. Let me ask you something else that I talked over with uh, some people who are pretty well on the inside. Did not Obama remove at the flag level when he first came in? the major ranks and put in his appointees knowing that seven or eight years from now they would now be running the military? You talking about Putin? No, I'm talking They're about fine. Obama replacing the flag level. They both did the same thing. Oh, yeah, Obama. Well, what's happened? Yeah, I think Obama's running the country. It's the whole executive branch is full of Obama people. And the military, it's, right? It's very sad to see. I mean, he may be the most, he may be more powerful than Biden behind the scenes. And, and well, now we're getting a continuation of these same very radical policies. The military people in charge that are making the decisions now are Obama appointees, right? Uh, yeah, well, Austin's an appointee and the top level are political appointees. But they were appointed. Sometimes it's hard to say who's really making the calls. But they made rank starting six or seven, eight years ago, right? That's when he put them in. Okay, let's go to this question about uh, what can we do to put pressure on Russia? Well, I think the only thing we can do is continue to, to enforce our sanctions, uh, try to recruit more support from Western Europe, and uh, call for some uh, sitting down for some negotiations to try to get Putin to, uh, to, the, to the negotiating table. Well, why would he want to do that? I don't think he, if I were Putin, I wouldn't do it. I said, if I were Putin, I wouldn't do it. <laughs> well, the the only way he will is if we put enough pressure on him about oil and gas. I mean, fortunately, I think we've made some great headway solving the, the LNG problem for Europe. Um, it's hard to respect Germany for becoming dependent on their gas in the first place, but that was uh, done years ago by a guy named Schroeder. President Bush tried to get him not to, to tried to prevent him from doing it, and he couldn't. Well, I don't believe we can. I don't believe we can bring him to the negotiation table. To tell you the truth, um, or how about the foreign? Uh, I got a question coming in. What about the foreign uh, relations committee? What does that got to do with it? The CFR, whatever that's called. I don't know that the foreign relations committee's got much of a seat at the table. Uh, if we're going to get Putin's attention, it's going to be through our army and the president. But we got to have a president that's willing to step up and, and go against him. 
Well, how can NATO help with grain exports that Russia has stopped? We can, we can stop exporting everything to Russia. I mean, if, if it were me, I would not export anything to Russia. I would do my best to get Western Europe to do the same, which many of them are doing. And I would reshore supplies versus China. But every time someone tries to do it, a lot of our companies lobby against tariffs, lobby against uh, export bans. And uh, it's kind of like the company's interest versus the national interest. How does the SWIFT banking system figure into this? Well, that's we've already cut them off of the SWIFT banking system. I think they're down to a rubilization. Uh, now to pay for their oil and of course they're sending most of their oil to China now and I guess China's paying them in yuan or what I don't know but that that was the first thing to do was to get them out of the international banking system first time we did it we had an exception for oil but I think that's been closed now well CFR is not a committee in the government do they have an influence in this council on foreign relations they're not an arm of the government I don't think anything in the Congress has a lot of influence over this other than the power of the purse, but they're going to, uh, they've been very supportive so far. I think that uh, McCarthy made some comments about being more scrutinous about what goes over to the Ukraine after tonight. Uh, we'll see. We're talking with Francis Rooney, ambassador, a member, former member of the U.S. House of Representatives. He represented Florida's 19th district from 2017 to 2021. He also was U.S. ambassador to the Holy See from 2005 to 2008. He's on an airplane. I apologize for the interruptions here that you're getting uh, because of the uh, uh, guest is on an airplane. We don't have much control over that and we're trying to make the best of it we can. If you have a question in the chat line here, uh, please let me know what your question is. Um, right now, to summarize what Ambassador and I have been talking about, is we got a president that doesn't have any uh, savvy, put it mildly, perhaps doesn't have the character or the will or uh, the cognitive power to really demonstrate the will to bring Russia to its knees. But the challenge is, what can you threaten Russia with? Um, the history of animosity toward the West, Ambassador Rooney says, goes back to the Slavic origins of many of the people. And I suspect that's why uh, Putin sees these disputed territories as part of Russia and not part of Ukraine. Um, to what extent is that true, Ambassador Rooney, that the part that Putin claims is his has always been his? Okay, he's not picking up on our conversations. I think probably we're going to have, this is getting a little bit, this would be on account of a little bit of a struggle. Uh, and it's not going over too well. Ambassador Rooney, I'm going to have to suggest that we restart this another day and that um, uh, we do this in a way that uh, I can continue a conversation without uh, the difficulty we're having. I appreciate you coming on with us and we'll try to correct it in the future. Jason, can you set us over so we're uh, back to broadcasting live here? Thanks. I look forward to it. Thank you. Yeah, that wasn't working out very well. You know, it's um, 
difficult enough to converse with a car. And um, uh, when we're in the airplane at all, that's, I would expect it's a lot more difficult. So I appreciate you hanging in there with me as much as you can, your listeners. I uh, don't really have much control over that. It's, um, um, it is what it is. And uh, we've got several different things here. We're spinning. We've got the uh, production team and they're trying to do the best they can. And then we've got the variables in the, um, the whole uh, world of, uh, of uh, air travel. So um, I'm going to have, I'm going to check that a little more closely in the, in the future and um, as to how we'll be communicating. Um, we just talked about uh, the affirmative action discussion that's going on in the Supreme Court and how one of the things that's on the ballot today, although you won't see it on the ballot, is what happens to the Supreme Court because uh, the Democrats would like to really change it. And one of the reasons is um, uh, this um, abortion kicked off the discussion in their minds, and uh, they don't like that outcome when actually um, abortion was not outlawed. It, um, it really, it, <laughs> even Star Trek had problems. Thank you, Plantation Mark. Um, really, um, um, abortion is still legal. It's just where it should be in the states. So now um, the, the Supreme Court is recognizing, I think, that carving out an exception for colleges to use race in the admissions would actually achieve a diverse student body. It didn't do that. And probably we don't need to be emphasizing that anymore. Um, the academic standards need to be emphasized, notwithstanding race, creed, color, any of that sort of business. Um, if you have the academic qualifications, you're there. That's what we should be doing. That's probably what the Supreme Court, given the composition of the court, will be doing here in, in, in the near future. Um, so um, the ratings right now have a racial bias, ironically. And they were, affirmative action was to eliminate racial bias. And it's actually caused racial bias. So uh, we'll see how that works out. And uh, this whole um, issue of uh, inference requirements has been brought about really by discriminations against Asians for the most part. And the Asians have proved to be the most academically gifted, talented, or disciplined, however you want to say it. So it's, uh, it's, it is it's um, is just coming out of their culture. I mean, you can't really find any more uh, traceable derivative of it than of their culture is what has been um, responsible for their attitude toward education. We need to somehow steal that and implant it in our culture, a real respect for, um, and somebody pointed out the other day that, that Asian cultures don't have football. You know, I'll let you draw your own conclusions from that, but uh, Asian cultures don't have, uh, don't have football. <laughs> I guess what the people are saying with that is that um, <laughs> um, we put too much emphasis on things that don't have anything to do with academics. Uh, there you are. <laughs> there it is. Um, so, uh, uh, <laughs> you know, make, I'll, I'll let you draw your own conclusions about it. Um, so the other thing you have to watch for is what Joe Biden has been saying, uh, that democracy is what it's at stake here. Um, uh, 
Yes, it is, but it's not what Biden would think it is. It's at stake whether or not uh, we can uh, uh, have a balance of power other than one that's been uh, uh, clear over and governed by the extreme left for this much time. So we're going to see whether this whole theory of people instinctively knowing and responding uh, correctly through the democratic process and a constitutional republic can actually govern itself. That's what we have. If we don't get these things done through the process, we will have riots and mobs settling it. And that is one of the things that uh, my guest for tomorrow, uh, Ted Yoho, has predicted, that if things don't go the way the Democrats want it to go this time in this uh, election, they will go to the streets. Um, They've done it before. They've accused the Republicans of being the ones to do it, but they're the ones who do it. They go to the streets violently uh, with impunity. They don't get the same treatment by the Department of Justice uh, that, say, the Oath Keepers do or the Proud Boys or whatever these other fellows are who are dragged through the uh, ringer right now. Uh, They sort of get off and uh, have a different critical um, application of justice. So hopefully that prediction won't come true. That Republicans do have, quote unquote, a a so-called red tide, which I'm not ready to completely endorse, by the way, uh, as as going to happen. Um, um, Then the the Democrats will take to the streets and they'll be angry and uh, they'll um, they'll uh, kick their heels up and um, make a big mess and, and, uh, and take it to take it out into the road. So uh, let's hope that that's not the case. The um, um, emphasis again, let me emphasize one more time for you that for the first time, uh, this will be the last time I have an opportunity to remind you of this, but for the first time in over 30 years, uh, we here in Alachua County have the opportunity to have real representation in Alachua County. Single member districts allows you to vote for the representative of your choice for your district instead of your representative being voted on by the county at large. And the county at large is not really the county at large. It is basically, and you can trace it, downtown Gainesville. So single member districts amplifies your voice, increases accountability, and reclaims true representation. Make your voice heard this election day by voting yes on single member districts. Uh, You heard it here and uh, we'll be really watching that race closely. I'm going to check my chat line here and see if there's anything uh, what we need to uh, take up with you as we get ready to watch the rest of the day into the evening. uh, What we're going to be doing as a country and where we'll be headed. Um, um, oh golly, <laughs> oh man, somebody said one of his buddies voted for um Chris. I don't know how, um, but that goes on, that goes on, my friends. There's no question but what, um, there's a lot of people who who simply don't want to be thinkers, they don't want to know, they. They want to take the easiest, the most accessible um, way to the off-ramp, if you will, 
Um, they conduct their lives that way. They generally have a pretty secure life or they wouldn't be thinking so shallowly. Um, but it is what it is. So we'll see. Let's keep our fingers crossed that there's a good turnout and we'll be back tomorrow. I'm going to sign off a little bit early here. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow with Ted Yoho and we'll go through, I'm sure, uh, an election analysis with you of what uh, transpired across your county, your city, um, your state, and your national government. Uh, so, um, Get out and vote if you haven't voted and participate in the process. I want to thank you for bearing with us today with a few problems we had technical, which were beyond my control. And um, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Have a great day. Warthog Command Center out.